Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Praise God. So we're continuing on with our series on breaking intimidation. And uh, we're going to talk about part three tonight. And next week, we'll wrap up the series. And uh, But it's been a great series so far. Praise God. Breaking Intimidation, part three. I don't have a scripture verse to open with. But in past lessons, we've established that the origin of intimidation is fear. And tonight, I want to focus on the difference between the fear of God and the fear of people. Amen. Because when we fear people uh, or we fear the devil or sometimes something even in our own selves causes us uh, to fear, uh, then that's when intimidation comes. Because remember, intimidation is uh, another way of saying timidity. And timidity is the opposite of boldness. And God wants us to have boldness, to boldly come before his throne, to boldly stand on his word, to boldly call on his name, to boldly uh, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. So I want to talk about the difference between the fear of God and the fear of man. So when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we will be free from the fear that causes us to be intimidated. Proverbs 14, 26 says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. So unlike the fear of man, the fear of the Lord does not cause us to be intimidated because God, remember, has not given us the spirit of fear. Remember, he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And so intimidation doesn't come from God. Amen, from fearing God. Fearing God will not only give us strong confidence, but it'll also give us courage, boldness, power, and authority through His Spirit. Amen. So let's see. Let's talk about the difference between the fear of God and the fear of man. The fear of God is not only respecting God, but it's also giving God the glory, the honor, the reverence, the thanksgiving, the praise, and the preeminence He deserves in our life. Amen. So... It's esteeming him and his desires over and above our own. Amen. Because we all have desires in our life. We have dreams. We have goals. Amen. But are they going in the right direction with God's uh, desires and dreams and goals for us? Amen. So that's what's very important. And the fear of God is loving what he loves and shunning what he hates. It's wholeheartedly believing his word knowing that it's going to come to pass no matter what and no matter what side we find ourselves on. Now, the, the goal is for us to find ourselves, to keep ourselves and find ourselves when that last day comes, whether I breathe my last breath or the trumpet sounds and the rapture takes place, that I'm on the side of God's word, the right side of God's word. Amen. So the fear of man, on the other hand, is to give people such sway and influence over us 
that it, we allow it to strike fear in our hearts, which in turn causes undue stress, anxiety, and intimidation. Amen. And I think we've all met people and know people, whether it was at school, whether, you know, like bullies or even like at work or whatever, that people that, uh, that kind of struck fear in our heart and causes us to be intimidated, kind of back off, shut down, whatever, and get stressed out. Proverbs 29, 25 said, the fear of man brings a snare. So when we fear man, it's a snare. What's a snare? Uh, let's read a different version uh, uh, in the uh, New Living Translation. Proverbs 29, 29, fearing people is a dangerous trap. Amen. So a snare is a trap. And when we are trapped, we're severely limited. When we're trapped, we're not free to really move around and do what we need to do for God. Fearing people steals our God-given authority. Fearing people causes the gift of God that He has given us to go dormant in our lives because we're kind of afraid to use it because of this situation or this person or whatever they're doing, to we're allowing them to do to us. It also, fearing people, takes away our confidence and our boldness. Paul said in Galatians 1.10, And now seeking the favor of men, he goes, Am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still pleasing men, I should not be a servant of Christ. So, you see, whoever we're trying to please uh, and whoever we're trying to impress and whoever we're trying to, uh, you know, that, that's, that's having the influence over us, uh, really, those, that's the person we're serving. That, that's the person we're giving our, our service to. Because when we please people, to, because here's the thing, when, when people try to strike fear in our hearts, then the, a lot of people will give in to that just to like, kind of like, kind of go away, to let that person go away, stop bothering me. So I just kind of give in to it. And so when we please people to escape the reproach of their intimidation, our service to the Lord will be greatly hindered because we will serve and obey whom we fear. Amen. So, <coughs> excuse me. If we fear God, we will serve him. Amen. Now, we cannot fear God if we fear man, because the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. Amen. So something's going to give. Amen. But the good news is that we, that we will not be afraid of people if we truly fear God. Amen. Because it, it, when we fear God, you know, we read about all the things that happened to the, the people uh, uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament that served God. And when they didn't fear God, when Daniel, I mean, when they feared God, they didn't fear people. When, when Daniel was about, knew that he was going to be thrown in the, the, the lion's den, you know, he didn't fear people. He didn't fear the, the king's commandment. He went ahead and prayed and got himself in trouble because he knew they passed a law that nobody can pray and talk to anybody but the king about the king for the next 30 days. The three Hebrew children, they weren't afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. They, they said, we're not bowing to this image, we only bow to Jehovah. Amen. And so, so because they had a fear of God over man, that fear gave them the boldness to do what they needed to do. 
Amen. I'm not saying it, it might not be easy. Amen. And, you know, some people say the definition of courage is, is fear that has said its prayers. Amen. Because, you know, we, sometimes things try to strike fear, but we pray, we stand on God, we trust in Him. Amen. And God gives us the courage to overcome. Amen. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Praise God. So our fear of God will swallow up all lesser fears. Amen. Because we put it all on God and it'll swallow it all up. Fearing God means we approach him in prayer with great awe and wonder and humility because he is the almighty God and he is the creator of heaven and earth and he is holy and he is pure and he is light. Amen. And because he is his word and his word is him, fearing God means we approach his word with great reverence and respect, knowing that every last letter of it is true and will come to pass before it's all said and done. Amen. Because the Bible said when it's all said and done, uh, you know, even the dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's will come to pass and will be fulfilled. Amen. Fearing God means we respect His house, realizing it's the place where He meets with His people in a very special way. Amen. No wonder Apostle Paul said this in 1 Timothy 3.15, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, fearing God will also help us live our lives the way God and His Word instructs us to live and not the way the world wants us to live. Amen. Because the world will try to put fear in our heart. Hey, you need to be like us. You need to do what we want. And if you're not doing what we want you to do, then we're going to come, up, come against you or whatever. But we, we see the Bible tells us in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Praise God. You know, we're, he's not saying separate yourself to where you go, you know, to some mountaintop hideout and never kind of come down and talk to anybody or, you know, we never see you again or whatever. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about physically separating yourself from all you know, society, amen. He's saying, separate your, your hearts, separate your minds. And yeah, some, we're not going to go some places we used to go. We're not going to do the things we used to do since, since we've met the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Like that old chorus said, uh, friends don't treat me like they used to since I laid my burdens down. Amen. I feel better, so much better since I laid my burdens down. Praise God. And so since I laid my burdens down, I, 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 I have different friends and different people in my life. And I look at things differently because of what God has done for me, for me. Amen. First John 2.15, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You mean I can't love like beautiful, beautiful Yosemite or Yellowstone National Park 
or uh, or Mount St. Helen or, or go and, and look at the beauty of the Hawaiian Islands or or, or you know the the, you know, the majestic uh, uh, mountains and and uh, and glaciers uh, over in Alaska. He goes, no, no, that's not the world he's talking about. Amen. You know, this when he says world, he's not talking about a place or a geographical location. He's talking about a spirit and he's talking about an attitude. Amen. There's an attitude in the world. There's a spirit in the world. And he said, don't love that. Amen. Love the spirit of God. Love the people of God. Love the word of God. Amen. <laughs> love what's good. Amen. So when I fear God, I will love him more than I love the world. And the more you get to know the Lord and the closer you get to him, the greater your admiration, the greater your respect, the greater your reverence, the greater your awe will be. See, that's different than sometimes, you know, like with people, you know, when we talk about familiarity with people, you know, sometimes uh, you get to, you know, to know someone very close, right? And you get on a first name basis and you kind of let your hair down around them. I don't have much to let down, but you know, you kind of let it down around them and you kind of, you know, you know, just, uh, you know, just be, be yourself and you're not, you're not all guarded and all, you know, whatever official and, and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, when you get to know the Lord more, when you are closer in his presence, amen, you are, you know, you are even more humble that you you can because you, you can't believe because see the closer you get the more he shows you the closer you get the more he shows you of himself amen and it's like it's it's like a like whoa amen you know when when uh, Moses saw the bush burning and it didn't he didn't just burn down so it wasn't a normal fire on a bush he went up there amen and he, you know he was in a he was on a holy ground he said, take your shoes off to Moses. You're on holy ground. He goes, well, I was up here the other day and it wasn't holy. Well, I'm here now. And wherever I'm at, it's holy. Amen. It's special. Praise God. And we, we reverence. We, we see Isaiah uh, in chapter 6 of the book of Isaiah. He saw a vision of heaven and the throne of God. And it was right about the time that one of the good kings, because there wasn't a whole lot of good kings uh, uh, during the times of the kings, amen, even in Judah. And there was a good king, Uzziah, did great things, but he kind of messed up at the end, and then he died. And everybody in the whole, in the whole uh, you know, uh, country was so sad about it. And in that same year, God showed Isaiah a vision of heaven. Isaiah 6, 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And verse three, and one cried unto another, talking about the angels that were, that he saw around the throne. Amen. And uh, that they, that those angels said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then you know what Isaiah's response was? Oh, wow, this is great. I, I finally got to see the big guy in the sky. I finally got to see the big man. You know, like people that talk like that, they don't know, they don't really know God. You know what I mean? They're the big guy in the sky, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to give him my list, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, he's just here to, you know, give me what I want and all that stuff. You know, people, some people don't have an understanding because they don't have that closeness. But when you get close to God, 
Amen. What he said in verse 5, he, when he saw all this, uh, he, he just, it just took the, the breath out of him. He said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And that was a vision. Amen. You know, and I, I, I understand visions can be almost like you're there, Praise God, and, and like a reality, even though, even like a dream. Something, have you ever had a dream and you, you thought, oh, for sure this was real, and you woke up and it's like, whoa, that, that was, I thought that was real. Amen. And so that just shows you he saw that and he just, you know, because in the Old Testament times and in, in Jewish uh, tradition and just in their understanding of God, you know, every time from the book of Genesis forward, every time somebody even saw the angel of the Lord, and sometimes the angel of the Lord wasn't just an angel, it was actually God in human form, which is called a theophany, amen, and they, they would say, I've, I've seen God and I'm going to die. They thought they would die if they saw God. You know, it was that such a reverence, amen, of, uh, you know, of, of, you know, just the, the mindset of when you get close to God, Amen. You know, it is a uh, it it's it's it puts something in our hearts that's different to, than getting to be close to a person. Amen. This is the Creator. This is the Almighty God, and He's allowing me to come closer to Him. And now He's showing me more of Him and showing me, giving me understanding. Let me my eyes and see and my heart understand things I've never done, and it should just be awe inspiring. Amen. Praise God. So that's what the fear of God is. The fear of God is not like the fear that the devil tries to bring on us or other people or even our own hearts sometimes trying to give us, uh, cause us trouble. Amen. The fear of God, amen, just wants you to, cause you to be closer to God. Amen. Amen. The fear of God will draw you closer to his presence while the fear of man will drive you farther from his presence. Amen. Let's talk about Moses and the children of Israel. You know, Moses, they, they just came out of Egypt after 400 years of bondage, you know, 10 plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea. Now they're parked right at the base of Mount Sinai. Amen. And God is, you know, calling Moses to go up there. But uh, he also wants the people to come and to see some of it, you know, up close. And uh, Exodus 20, verse 18 the Bible said, now all the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and they stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. So they, they go, you know, we, we don't want to have any direct contact with him. We, you know, you, he'll tell you what to tell us. How's that? You know, because they were all afraid. They didn't want to get, you know, and, and the difference between them and Moses was Moses had a great fear of God and the people were still working on it. Amen. Moses said, I'm going up on the top of that mountain. And he got right up in the middle of that. And, and, and God, you know, I don't know if they're lightning bolts or what was happening when, when he was carving out those Ten Commandments. I mean, he, when he brought those two tables of stone, I, I believe they were still smoking. They were, you know, still 
you know, hot and just fresh. Here you go. Talk about fresh word. Here you go, right here. The Ten Commandments. Amen. And that Moses told him in verse 20, Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. In other words, hey, he's telling him, hey, don't be afraid. You know, he wants to talk to you directly. He want, you, you, you just have a healthy respect for him, but he's just testing you so that your fear will be in the right place though, so that you will not transgress the commandments. And then that's an Exodus. And now Deuteronomy, now Deuteronomy, if you read Deuteronomy after you read the book of Exodus, you're going to think, hey, I've read this somewhere before because Deuteronomy, D-E-U-T, Deut is two. That's the... Uh, the root of saying meaning two. So that was the second time they read the law and they went over the whole thing again. So Exodus 20 is the first time the Ten Commandments are talked about. And Deuteronomy 5 is the first time they're talked about in the retelling of the law. And so it's just kind of the same story. So we get to Deuteronomy 5, amen. And uh, Moses went, and after the people said, hey, we don't want to talk to God direct. We want to talk to, you know, you and you talk to God. And then he told them all that. And then the Lord said in verse 28 of chapter 5, then the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I've heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Because God was trying to let them know, if you will fear me and keep my commandments, I'm going to keep the enemies out of your camp. I'm going to keep sickness out of your camp. You're going to be a better person. You're going to be blessed. Amen. All I'm asking is if you fear me and keep my commandments. And we know that, the, that Solomon came to that same conclusion after all that he talked about in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he, said, he talked about all this and all the accomplishments he had done. And he was the richest king, you know, of, of you know, one of, of all time, the wisest man ever beside Jesus Christ. Amen. And he talked about everything. And he said he boiled it all down. In conclusion, he said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. So let us hear the conclusion, the last uh, second to the last verse of his 12th chapter and the last chapter of Ecclesiastes let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man that's all the bottom line is you want to know what to do fear him keep his commandments and he's going to bless you he's going to keep the enemy away he's going to keep sickness amen he's going to bless you praise God and then we see not too long you know we, we know the story that they, they ended up 40 years in the wilderness, right? Between the, the you know, after the Red Sea and, uh, to, you know, the crossing into the promised land, you know, in the future. 40 years, but that wasn't God's plan originally. Amen. And so it wasn't very long, you know, into their wilderness experience that Moses picked one, God said, pick one person from every tribe, the 12 tribes, and send them into the promised land. Amen. And at that time, they were near the southern part of the promised land. And go in there and spy it out and, come, and then come back and give us a report. Amen. 
And so the Bible said in Numbers 13, 1 and 2, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send, me, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Notice he said he's given this land to the children of Israel. I don't know if Moses told them that, the spies or not, whatever. But he goes, hey, go tell, you know, go tell those guys to spy it out. I'm giving it to them. Okay, that's, that's important, that statement. So the 12 men spied out the land for 40 days. After 40 days, they came back and gave their report to Moses and the whole congregation was right there with, you know, with the ears to listen what was going on. And all 12 of the spies agreed that the land was fertile. It was well watered. It flowed with milk and honey. They even back, brought back some of the examples of the, you know, the wonderful crops and fruits and vegetables that were growing over there. Look at how big these are. Look at how wonderful these are. And they all agreed. But then the 10 of them, they gave an evil report, the Bible said. And they said, they said in verse uh, 1331 of Numbers, but the men had gone up with, with him, said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And then the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Amen. Yeah, and if you keep on reading, it talks about giants. It talks about walled cities and iron chariots and all kinds of stuff. And so they said, man, we're just a bunch of ex, you know, people that have been in bondage for 400 years. We don't know how to do anything. And why are we, you know, we're, we're just going to be get wiped out over there. But remember, he go tell them to spy out the land that I'm giving to them. I'm giving it to them. And if God's going to give you something, he's going to back it up. He, he's going to help you. Amen. We can't fear and be intimidated by what we see. Amen. If God gave us a, that was a promised land. Amen. And sometimes, uh, amen, to get your promise, you got to go through something, but you can't let that intimidation keep you from your promise. Amen. We got to go. We got to keep going. Praise God. And then the other two, see, uh, how, how many, does anybody know who, who the other two that had the good report? Even one of their names? Joshua? No. Caleb. Okay, but Joshua's good. And does anybody know uh, any of the names of the ten people? You know why? Who cares? <laughs> Amen. You're going to bring an evil report that's going to cause the entire congregation... And they're going to start wailing and they're going to start. They were talking about stoning people now. They're, they were talking about stoning Caleb and, and Joshua. We, they were trying to talk them. Look, we can do this. We can make. They were, let's just pick up rocks. And, you know, we don't, but we're believing the 10. How many believe? That's when you can't go with the majority. I don't care if 10 say one thing and two say another. If two say the truth, you got to believe the two. It's, it doesn't matter. Well, it's 10 against two. So what? The majority has been wrong. You know, the earth was flat a long time with the 10. Amen. And then somebody decided, hey, it's not true. Praise God. So all of the people, they just said, forget it. Oh, my goodness. And they just, they go, we're not going. And they refused to go. And then the very next chapter, the beginning in chapter 14, 
They all said, the people of Israel, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Are you kidding me? Remember, Egypt is like the world. Amen. Pharaoh was like the devil. You want to go back? Don't you remember what they did? They had whips. You couldn't do anything on your own. Amen. You depended on them for everything. And you had not your own freedom and your own lives. Oh my goodness. You want to go back to Egypt? But we find the root of their fear in the statement, would it not be better for us? Oh, it's all about what we want. Amen. What's better for us? Well, what about God who knows what's best? Amen. He knows what's best. His will is what's better for us. His ways and His word is what's better for us. They didn't understand that. Amen. All they're thinking about is themselves. He just rescued them from Egypt and 10 plagues and they, they came out loaded with stuff because the Egyptian people, they, they were ready to get rid of those people way before Pharaoh. But remember, God hardened Pharaoh's heart because God wanted to do all 10 plagues for what they had done, he had done to the people. But when they left, finally, the Egyptian women and the men and all that, they were given, here, here's some clothes, here's some gold and jewels and all this kind of stuff. And that's what they used to build the tabernacle. But they had everything they needed and then some, all kinds. They went out loaded with all kinds of stuff because God had blessed them. They went through the Red Sea and God did all kinds of things. And now, shouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Sure, we could work a deal with Pharaoh. No. So in trying to save their lives, they lost their lives. Because, you know, out of not only out of those 10 people, those 10 men that gave the evil report, but all the adults that were in that, and, and, and the Bible classified anybody that was over 20 years old at the time, God said, none of you are going to see the promised land. Anybody that was over 20 years old at the time of that report, including those 10 guys, none of you guys are going to see the promised land. You know who's going to see it? Joshua and Caleb. And then all the young ones and the ones that are going to be born after that. And, and that's why God said, no, we're just going to go in circles, go in circles, go in circles. And then pretty soon, you know, people were dying, people this and that. And then when they finally got to, you know, when Joshua was going to take him across, you know what? It was only Joshua and Caleb of the original 12 going across. And everyone that was over 20 at that time, they had died in the wilderness. Amen. So they literally lost their lives trying to thinking that they were saving them by saying, oh, we can't go because we're going to get slaughtered. Didn't, I, didn't God say, I want them to look at that wonderful land, just give them a good, they can just go get a report of that land that I've given them. Mark 8, 35, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, Jesus said, for my sake and the gospels will save it. Amen. Beautiful scripture. God only wants the best for us. 
and he works all things together for our good. And we are not always going to understand what's going on in our lives. Amen. But we're walking by faith. We trust in him and we obey his word. And it's all going to work out in the end. Amen. And God's going to take care of us. Praise God. The Bible said, Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither your ways, my ways, says the Lord. That's why we got to trust him. Praise God. Amen. And the best thing we can do is fear God and follow his word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because the fear of the Lord has so many benefits. You know that there's a there's a Bible verse that the fear of the Lord prolongs days. You talk about, well, how can I live longer? Okay, we get some cardio in. All right, maybe throw a little bit of chia seeds and some flax seed on your post toasties in the morning. Or whatever, maybe you know, uh, you know, lay off those four by fours at In and Out or whatever, uh, and all this kind of stuff, and uh, and then you know you're gonna live longer. But you know that's like that's good, and and that there's nothing wrong with that, and that does work. But you know, there's a lot of other things that the Bible says will prolong your days, and one of them is the fear of the Lord. Amen. Another one is. Amen. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments that had a promise attached to honor your father and mother so that you may live long on the earth. It's another one. People are mad. I don't know why, you know, people aren't living long. Hey, how are you treating your mom and dad? Uh, oh. Amen. Anyway, praise God. But see, the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 14, 27 is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. We talked about the fear of man as a snare. When we fear God, we get a fountain of life and we get away from the snares of death. Praise God. And I love this last one. Close with this verse, Acts 9.31, talking about the church. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, and as they were, the apostles were establishing new churches all over Asia Minor and everywhere in Israel, uh, they, the Bible said, then the churches re had rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria and were edified, which means they were lifted up and they were blessed and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. See, we need both of those. We need the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It gives us that balance we need. Amen. It's, it's not all comfort of the Holy Ghost and yeah, I don't have to worry about anything. And you know, it's just, yeah, whatever. Or it's not all fear of God. It's fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Ghost together. It's a beautiful combination. They walked in the fear of the Lord and the Holy Ghost comforted them and they were edified and they were multiplied and they were blessed and great things happened. Praise God. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.